0: Eric, Merry Christmas. Thanks so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. Oh, right back at you, man. It's always great to be here. So, I mean, listen, if we're going to talk about the year in music, aren't we talking about the year in Taylor Swift? I mean, what else? I mean, that's all I heard about was Taylor this, Taylor that. It is the year of Taylor Swift, is it not? Yeah, can you hang on one really quick second? I just need to look up who this Taylor Swift person is. Yeah, she's making a bit of noise. You might have heard of her.
1: (laughs) Yeah, um, look, I mean, her year started off announcing um, her heiress tour, which just cracked a billion dollars worth of ticket sales the first ever tour to reach that mark, and ends it off with being Time Magazine's first entertainer um, to be person of the year. And in between then, she not only helped raise the NFL ratings. Um, she continues to re-release her entire discography including Speak Now, Taylor version in July, and 1989 Taylor's version in October. I mean, this was really her year, and it wasn't just her releases, but the fact that whenever she posts something that doesn't have anything to do with music, the rest of the cultural world turns with her. In fact, a couple of weeks ago when she wanted her audience and her fan base to go and sign up in order to vote in the 2024 elections. They had yeah. over 350,000 new voters in less than 24 hours. It, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, I, I will forever hail the next president of the United States.
0: I mean, <laughs> if she, she wants to. to. I think do, right? she, well, she could. I think you're absolutely right. If she decided that's something that she wanted to do, I, I think you're absolutely right. She could probably do it. Um, What about the tour? I mean, we just heard last week, like you say, a billion dollars uh, in 2023 the tour is going to make... And they're saying it's going to do at least that again in 2024. So we might be having the same conversation next year, Eric.
1: Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting is that there's a whole new sector of the economy that's called um, Swiftonomics, where um, economic um people follow the amount of money that is rolling through to Taylor Swift Incorporated, essentially, in her world. Um, in fact, when she announced her tour dates for the, Aeros, for the Aeros tour and tickets went on sale, it actually moved the U.S. GDP up 4%, based <laughs> on just the amount of money that was transferring hands. So it's not just, you know, the money coming into her, but all of the rest of the businesses, from hotels and food and parking, alcohol, transit, It's no wonder that mayors and even our very own Prime Minister Trudeau begged to get her to have shows in their local city or state or province or country.
0: Yeah, we had a guest on last week talking about the phenomenon and just saying, you know, you've seen there's countless politicians that have tried to cozy up to her, even at a distance. She probably doesn't even know they exist, but just to get tied into the Taylor Swift phenomenon, renaming streets or parks or whatever the case may be, just to try and tap into that buzz a little bit as best they can, you're right. She can absolutely move the needle on all kinds of different issues.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting because look, Taylor Swift and her team have no interest in in no. kind of going to wherever you know Trudeau wants her to to perform. These these dates are all locked in years in advance, and and part of a of a, probably a decade long marketing plan and initiative that is set forth to it. But it's really nice to know that you know our our politicians are human and they like things that don't necessarily always have to do with hating the other political parties. But you know it's nice for them. To show their
0: human yeah. side every once in a while you're absolutely right now what about this Apparently this is Beyonce. You, you could convince me it's somebody else if you wanted to, but you put it on the list of artists that were also worthy of mention in 2023. Why? What? How did she challenge Taylor's crown? Yeah, you know,
1: Beyonce just cracked about a quarter of a billion dollars on her tour as well and kind of took a page out of Taylor Swift's book um, with going direct to AMC and Cineplex theaters across North America, bypassing the traditional Hollywood system of actually having a distributor distribute her concert film as well. And even though that it's a little bit different than Taylor's era's concert, which was strictly a show, Beyonce's one kind of showed a little bit behind the scenes of what it takes in order to put on a tour like this. Um, and even though that she didn't release an album this year, she had a lot of cultural moments where she was just being Beyonce, commanding the world's
0: attention. Yeah, for a long time, she was sort of in that level that Taylor is in now, right? I mean, she was the queen. She She ruled pop music.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting that, you know, with Taylor and Beyonce specifically, of course, being women, that they've had to deal with a lot of hatred and anger and frustration from social media that men just never deal with on a regular basis. Because as big as a Dave Grohl is from the Foo Fighters or even Ed Sheeran or Mick Jagger from the Stones, um, they they never deal with the level of hate and the level of, of microscopic views Of what Taylor Swift and Beyonce go through on a daily basis. It's really astonishing.
0: Uh, You mentioned the Foo Fighters, and uh, I'm glad to hear that they're back. I I really thought when Taylor Hawkins died in 2022, that might be the end of the Foo Fighters. And if something else survived, it would be called something different with different personnel. But no, they've replaced Taylor Hawkins, their drummer, they're making new music. They're going back on the road. So we will see the Foo Fighters going forward.
1: Yeah, I thought that too. I thought when when Taylor Hawkins passed away in March of 2022 that that would be it. Um, I I don't think that Dave Grohl really wanted to go through um, another continuation of a band that's lost a key member. Um, And you know, make no mistake, Taylor Hawkins was the absolute soul and heart of that band. But here they are; they come back with a brand new album um, and you know hit number one on the um, on the rock charts across North America. it's called, but here we are, and it's it's the sound of Dave Grohl really finding refuge in music that brought them together all those times, um, 28 years ago when the band first started. So good on Dave for continuing to to use that brand name of recognition. But you're right, he could have done anything else, and people were to follow him just to totally.
0: Say, yeah, just, just keep the rock and roll torch burning. We like it. Uh, tell me about this kid. I
1: don't want
0: I should know more about because She's from Calgary, for goodness sake. She's a she's a local kid. Um, but Sarah tells me she's all that like she's a really, really big deal. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Tate kind of came onto the
1: scene a couple of years ago, but it was during COVID and the isolation period where she really found her footing and her songs and the rest of her team, um, in order to release songs on social media, especially on TikTok. And this year, not only did she land hit after hit on the Billboard Hot 100, but right now she's got the number one song on the global pop charts on Billboard. She uh, just finished performing on SNL, and in a couple of months, when the Junos start to announce their nominations on February the 1st, you expect her name to be all over the categories for that. She's going to be one of this country's biggest stars starting next year.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's uh, any doubt. I mean, she's uh, she came into my world because the Boston Bruins did a TikTok lip-sync video, and I'm like, wow, okay, so (laughs) she's she's reached that level. Um, I wanted to ask you something. I had tickets to see Springsteen in November. Of course, I didn't get to see him because he had ulcers. Um, Steven Tyler had to shut down his tour because his health failed him. Rod Stewart canceled a bunch of shows. Paul Stanley had to cancel a show or two when they were wrapping up their KISS tour in Canada. Um, Are we getting to the point here, Eric, where some of these people that you and I grew up with and idolized for so, so long, um, it's touch and go. If we're ever going to get a chance to see them again, I'm thinking the Rolling Stones want to launch a tour. I mean, holy cow, how long can that go for?
1: Yeah, you know, in the words of Vin Scully from the Dodgers uh, play-by-play announcer everybody is day-to-day. Yeah. You know, like, everybody is day-to-day. <laughs> and, you know, if you take a look at those artists that passed this year from Tina Turner to Robbie Robertson, Gordon Lightfoot, Miles Goodwin, David Crosby, and Jeneid O'Connor, and Jeff Beck and Jimmy Buffett, you know, they were all over the age of 50. And that is a really scary age to be a musician because all those things that you did in your 20s yeah. and 30s are going to catch up to you, even with the best doctors and the best insurance people and the best team around you. So, absolutely, what's to be interesting is, you know, Kiss just announced their final tour and they did their final shows, but then they have Avatars yeah. that are going to be performing <laughs> now like the Harlem Globetrotters. It's going to be fascinating to see if some of these bands like Kansas and Styx and Aerosmith, if they're going to just continue to be like the Wiggles and just have different members come in and out, kind
0: of changing the way that we used to see the authenticness of bands. Well, you know what, Eric? that's They, they wouldn't be the first, because there are bands, I'm thinking Chicago for example, but there's some, yeah. can, you know, you talk about Miles Goodwin, April Wine. I don't know how many different people went in and out of April Wine, but by, by, you know, over the course of the years, that happens. Usually, you've got one figure that sort of keeps it all together, and you identify them as as the act, and the and the moving pieces happen around it. But there's all kinds of acts where, like you say, there, there's nobody left from the original band, and they're still going. When we were growing up, I mean, I mean, I used to kind of mentally. To myself, just kind
1: of make a little bit of fun of all those Motown bands that had, like, the Temptations and the Four Tops that had 80-year-old members and none of them were the original members. And it's funny that, you know, our generation and our listeners' generation, uh, people that used to make fun of, like, oh, that's not an original band, suddenly changed their tune when they realized that if they stuck to their guns and only had original members, there might only be one solo member of Journey up on that stage. Or, sweat and tears might just be the drummer and so we have kind of changed our tune a little bit with the word authenticness because it used to be like well am i just watching a cover band do the greatest hits of journey or yeah. sticks and so you kind of change your method as you get older and you know realize that this is the best we've got right now
0: well as a van halen guy when when eddie put wolfie on bass and kicked michael anthony out of the band yeah. it was like i don't know if i want to go anymore you changed the bass player now i mean <laughs> it doesn't matter you've got one person and we all show up right yeah, absolutely. And
1: there's no reason to think that these rock bands aren't going to be heard and seen for the next 100 years yeah. anyway. And so, you know, you might as well just have it, that, that <laughs> idea that it could be the new classical music where, of course, Beethoven isn't around anymore, but we have classical musical orchestras performing his music. So why not, the you know, there's nothing to say that these bands can't last for the next 50, 100 years.
0: And, and the music will, and that's the great thing about music. One of the cool stories snuck in right at the end of The Wire. At the Christmas party. Hit number one two weeks ago with Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, 65 years after she recorded. She was 13 when she recorded it, Eric, um, and took 65 years, and she finally hit number one. That's amazing.
1: It is amazing, and you could thank TikTok and social media for that. You know, there's so many songs right now in the Billboard Hot 100 Top 10. In fact, there's six songs that are all holiday classics that are at least 25 years and older and a large part of that is just that nostalgic quality that we keep going back to these songs reminding us about what the holiday times were like before all of this mess that we got ourselves into is happening and there's also more radio stations out there that have switched to an oh, yeah. all christmas format and that helps it as well and so you know the holiday marking and advertising there's a lot more ads for for brenda lee on my social media stream than ever before, and <laughs> so yeah, good on uh, you know, good on, on Brenda Lee. Sixty-five
0: years later, it's, it's pretty remarkable. It is, and, and that's why we see like Cher putting out Christmas albums. Because yeah. if you can hit it, like Mariah Carey, that one song alone is going to make her more money than you know some countries will make in a year. <laughs> so I mean, it, 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 if you can do it, there, there's big money in the holiday hits. If you can, if you can find one that stands the test of time, you're set.
1: Yeah, it, it you know the 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 bad thing about it is that you have all of these brand new artists, um, you know, and I'm not and I'm not talking like from this year, but even artists like a, a Kelly Clarkson or yeah. Carrie Underwood doing Christmas albums that are pretty established are finding that it's not selling as much as some of these songs from like 1950 or 1960. <laughs> it's it's kind of wild to know that you know some of these artists who grew up thinking all I have to do is get to the stage of making a Christmas album. And it's just going to churn money for me every year are finding it really difficult trying to compete with, you know, the Ronettes and Michael Buble's of the world that are pretty, you know, solidified for the next little bit.
0: You're so right, because when I'm thinking of Christmas music, what I want to listen to, it's Darlene Love, it's Bruce Springsteen, Wham! will get in there. But you're right, there's nothing from the last 25 years, and you're going to have to try pretty hard to crack into that. It's hard.
1: Yeah, and especially when everybody has all those songs at their fingertips. Yeah. They're, they're going go to go to that. And it's it's kind of wild that the TikTok generation of 8 to 20-year-olds are listening to songs that are 65 years it is. and older to it. That would be like us growing up in the 80s, listening to music from 1920. It, just, it was unheard
0: of. Yeah, don't do that. I, I don't like it when we <laughs> – because I'll hear a song from my hair metal days and go, oh, yeah, that's a good tune. Then I realize, wait, that that's, song's that's 40 years, years old. I know. I know. <laughs> okay, Eric, thank you so much. Always a delight. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, all that We'll chat in 2024
1: Thank you so much for having me, we'll talk soon